0: but who's been enjoying the preaching we've had? Daniel Dilemma. We're going to keep going this morning. I want to encourage you, get on the My Church app. The podcasts are on there now. Um, They're great messages. We've heard some great stuff. I want to reinforce what Pastor Michael was saying. You know, every time one of our pastors and leaders are up here, you're going to get nothing but real because they're real people in this church and they genuinely care about the people in the church. And I want to encourage you just to even though you hear them on the Sunday, go back and re-listen to them, because there's some really good stuff on there. And I just want to do a quick recap before I move on to my stuff. You know, some of the things that have really spoken out and spoken to my heart is, you know, we live in a culture of compromise. Standing firm requires courage. Standing firm takes faith. Faith is standing for God irrespective of if he turns up or not. We can either be a voice or an echo. And this one, Pastor Michael, really touched me last week. He said, we can't go and stand in the world if we can't even stand at home. And it got me thinking, you know, he was talking about the armor of God. And we've all got the armor of God. It's been given to all of us. It hasn't not been given to anyone. It's been given to all of us. The problem is we don't know how to use it. And it just sits there. It sits there looking good, sits there looking impressive. You know, the sword of truth is the word of God. I remember growing up, we had, I don't know how many Bibles in our house, and some of them looked awesome, some of them looked intimidating, but if you don't read it, if you don't use it, it's no good going to battle and picking up this big flash sword and this big flash shield if you don't know how to use it and don't know what to do with it. And I think, I was thinking about families and and children this morning, and I want to encourage you guys, you need to be at church on Sunday. You need to get along to life group. Your kids need to be at Sunday school. Your kids need to be at youth. You know, Pastor Michael said, you know, mate, I'm far from perfect. You ask my wife, she'll give you a list 20 pages long of, of what I'm not perfect at. And I, we, went, we had our kids young, you know, a lot of you have heard our story, but we did a lot of things wrong. But one thing that I can proudly say we did right, our kids were in church from the word go. Our kids were in there straight away. And I'm not trying to sound like a hero this morning, but we they were serving when they were young. And if you want your kids to be in church, you've got to get them in Get them in straight away. You know, I, I think of the, the world for youth today as, as a lot different to when I was young, and that was only 10 years ago, 20 years ago. <laughs> it's a completely different world. And I think back to the pressures I had as a teenager that just, mate, they're not even the same chart as what kids are going through today. And this morning I'm going to talk about, you know, we've heard about not compromising and standing in love, but we also need to be relevant. And this morning, that's what I'm focused on. How can we be relevant to the world today? Because if I asked you, is the church relevant today? Is the church relevant today to society in general? It should be, yeah. Is it though? I, I personally, I don't think it is. I talk to a lot of people that go don't go to church, and to them, if you mention church at the moment, they'll start bringing up everything that's going on in another church and the, that sort of stuff. And I'm like, well, that's not us. You straight away you get on the defensive. Well, that's not us. But then. God really spoke to me this week as I was going through this stuff. We've all got people in our world that don't go to church. We've all got friends. We've all got family that don't go to church. So their view on church is what? It's you and me. Okay? For some of them, the only way they know church is how you and I act. So if the church isn't relevant in their world, what does that say about you and I? And that really confronted me, and I want to challenge you this morning because it really hit me like a hammer, especially last night when I was going through this again. I was thinking, how relevant are you to your people in your world? You know, because that's the only way they're going to know Christ. So this morning, I just want to share a few thoughts with you. And as I said, the church should be relevant to the community. We all know that the church is more than a body that engages just its community, but it should have certain biblical marks and should be focused on eternal purposes. However, it must also take the faith that it believes and live it out in context. So i ask you another question this morning. If this church suddenly stopped happening, okay, and it's just hypothetical, we're not going anywhere. If you are here on Vision Sunday a few weeks ago, we've got a, a plan, a five-year plan, a 10-year plan. We want to be here forever, amen? But it's what say something happened and this church wasn't here anymore. Would the community out there miss us? stop and think about that for a minute because there's a lot of other churches on the street here but would it affect the community here if we weren't here anymore and that's how we start we've got to start thinking that mindset we've got to start thinking lord what sort of an impact are we making here because the fact of the matter is too many churches end up focusing on church preservation instead of community transformation you like that one oh, i thought that was pretty cool <laughs> I'm going to hashtag that one, <laughs> but it's true, and look, I, I've been guilty of that myself, I'll put my hand up, you know, I've been in church all my life, and it's very, very easy to get to the point where Sundays is just about coming coming along and doing your thing, singing a few songs, taking up the tithes and offering, having some communion, and then going home, and then doing your own thing for the rest of the week, but that's not what it's like. You know, one thing, uh, my father-in-law, he's, he's a minister, and he's, He says a lot of great one-liners and quotes, but one of the things that always stuck with me is the church is the one society that should solely exist for the benefit of its non-members. Yeah? You stop and think about that, and that's deep. And I want you to hear me this morning. It doesn't mean that we we shouldn't value each other in the church. Okay? Exact opposite. We should value each other enough to care about the people out there as well and want them to come and be a part of what we're doing. So the church having relevance is a tool, but gospel proclamation should always be the goal. Amen? Because when we, if we're just pursuing relevance, it's going to lead to an unhealthy pendulum swing in church culture. And this is the thing. You'll find a lot of churches will either go too far one way or too far the other way. So at one end of the spectrum, you can have, um, they call it pop psychology preaching, feel-good preaching, tickle-the-ears preaching, ego, stroking the ego, ego-preaching. So this is always safe, and look, I want you to hear me this morning, there's nothing wrong with being positive and and being uplifting, and you know we want to be a place where people can come and, and get some keys to life, amen? We want to help people where they're at, meet people where they're at. But sometimes you can go too far that way, and it ends up removing all of God's Word altogether. There's no biblical concepts, there's no gospel in there at all. And we need to be basing our life on what the Word of God says, not what the world's telling us. You know, people today, everybody's searching for something. I challenge you to meet anyone who's not searching for something. People are searching for happiness. They're searching for peace. They're searching for security, fulfillment, belonging, acceptance, everything, self-worth. Everyone is searching for something. And, you know, this this week I was going through my... um, my facebook and my instagram and i was amazed at the amount of people i know that either grew up in church or they've had a good solid background in church been under good leadership um, good solid families and they're either not in church at all anymore or they're starting to go down this other track of this uh, they call it um, self-empowerment self-awareness or this kind of thing on the outside it looks really good you know it's all about being positive and, and uplifting and that but the more you delve into it, the more you look into it, you realize there's actually no room in there for God at all. God's not in this at all because what it does is it's saying that you, you are your own God and you're part of the universe and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, man, how does someone that's been brought up in the church get to be going down that way? And, look, there could be many reasons. Sometimes things happen to people. Um, but, you know, people ha- stuff happens to everybody Yeah, I want to be real with you this morning. Like, we've all been through stuff. I don't know everybody here this morning, but I know, I can guarantee that every single one of you here has been through some sort of tragedy or or trial in your life. Okay? And we don't diminish that. But what's something that I've always, always said, it's not what you go through in life that shapes who you are. It's how you react to what you go through in life that shapes who you are. And we need to learn from stuff. And we need to support each other. And I just, I was looking at these people, and I'm thinking, man... What are they not getting from church that's causing them to go down this path? Yeah, I'm not, you know, as I said, I don't know the full story for all of them, but something's missing. Something's missing from the church of people are going to look this other way. And I think it breaks God's heart. You know, I think God's sitting up there thinking, man, I'm giving you guys everything. And I've given you so much, and yet you turn around and you're looking somewhere else. So we need to be aware of what's going on out there. And we need to be accepting without judging. And we need to be tolerant without compromising God's word. God God hates the sin but loves the sinner. And sometimes we, we overlook the sinner to look at the sin. You know, and God was challenging me this week because we can churches can be too judgmental sometimes churches can be too hypocritical sometimes and then what will happen is you'll find that the church will then swing too far the other way so that we reject all cultural relevance altogether in order to get back to pure preaching of the gospel but then too often though this can lead to judgment and hypocrisy and ends up alienating people from church altogether and this is the never-ending battle i think for the church and not just for the church it's christians as a whole it's finding that balance between how do we not compromise? How do we stand for something without alienating the rest of the world? I want to share a scripture with you this morning. Paul, Paul mentions it brilliantly in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And he says, Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law so as to win those under the law. And to those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I'm not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. Not all, I might save some, even just one. Amen? I do all of this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. Paul portrays a timeless strategy for evangelism that doesn't overreact, doesn't underreact, and it doesn't counteract. In order for us to reach out to the unsaved in our world, we need to follow Paul's example and build bridges so that we can preach God's word in the culture that we currently reside in. I want to ask you something this morning. Are you building bridges or are you burning them? You know, God challenged me this last night, I was thinking back. The people that you interact with in your life, are you building bridges with them to bring them into God's gospel or are you burning bridges altogether? And I look back at my life and you know I can see I've burnt some bridges in my life. You know, some of the bridges needed to be burnt, but then some of them didn't. Some of them I burnt, I smashed down due to pride and and anger, judgment, and I'm thinking, man when i shelly will tell you when i burn a bridge the bridge is burnt because you're not rebuilding it again you know but then i stop and think there's people that are never going to be able to walk back over that bridge again and the sad fact is i'm going to have to be accountable for that for one day and it's a sobering thought and we need to really think about how we interact with those in our world you know what's our reason for doing the things we do and like i said if church isn't relevant to people in their lives, maybe it's because you're not that relevant to them in their life. Maybe you're not showing God's love enough, and we need to just start changing the way that we think. Um, so I've just there's, I did a bit of research on and commentary and stuff on this sort of thing, and there was three standard ways that churches will generally use in order to stay relevant in the community. They'll either seek to use the language, imagery, and music of the current worldly culture more often an attempt to engage the world with an experience that is more entertaining or interesting or provide people with information and keys to have a better, more successful life. Now, there's nothing wrong with any of that, okay? I want you to hear me this morning. I think, you know, I went to, grew up at church in the 80s and I think if the 80s made a comeback, a lot of churches probably wouldn't even miss a beat. They'd just still keep doing what they're doing because it worked back then. And, you know, Shelley or tell you, we had... At one stage, our youth group had, what, a couple of hundred people. This is in a small church in Christchurch. And, you know, we were going out, hanging out together and doing all these things. And we're going to go save the world and save the whales and do this and do that. And, you know, we were excited about going to youth. We couldn't wait to get to youth. But the thing is, the gospel hasn't changed, amen? That's the thing. The gospel hasn't changed. Um, It says in Hebrews 13 verse 9, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the gospel hasn't changed, but the world we live in now has changed. And the things that we used to do back in church back then, they won't work anymore. You know, kids, kids are tied up in these things now. You know, it, it's a battle. You know, Geordie won't mind me. I'll, I'll pick on Geordie. He's shaking his head. We love Geordie. Geordie's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he went through a phase with his rigging Xbox and he'd just be on it just constant and that was something you know one thing that i didn't do when i was growing up i actually never had a big thing with um games and stuff you know there was there was other things that i was attached to but and we used to have i think i remember one time i had to physically go in there and pull the plug off the thing and physically rip it out of his hands because they just get attached to these things and it's funny I hear the, the girls at work complaining about their partners playing uh, Fortnite. Who plays Fortnite here? I bet these guys do. <laughs> That's all I ever hear is them complaining about their husbands playing Fortnite. Fortnite. I'm thinking, man, how has this sort of stuff taken over their lives? But the thing is we can either choose to completely disregard it altogether and say it's evil, it's from the devil, or we can use it for our good and start using it in a positive way. So we can either accept the priorities of the world around us until our lifestyle and our message starts to sound just like every other message and lifestyle that the world enjoys, or we can take a stand that is counter to the current culture and then make a case for why God's way is a better option than the world's. We can make a consistent effort to look more like the culture we live in or make a consistent effort to give the current culture something better to aspire to. And I was thinking, how good would it be if the world was looking to the church for how to live instead of the church trying to find out ways how we're going to change so that the world will come to us? Whether that's ever going to happen, I don't know. But I think we can do better. Who agrees? We can do better. I think as a whole, churches in general, we can do better. As Christians in general, we can do better. There's more that we can do. The world's always going to have questions why am I here? Why am I so messed up? How can I fix this? Why did this happen to me? And there's lots of different viewpoints and and places that the world can go to to try and get those answers. But we need to be showing them that there's only one way. God's way is the only way to fix all the problems. God's love conquers all other love. Amen? And there's a difference between the world's love and God's love. And I remember, I think it was only last year, when the whole lover's love was going around, you know, and it sounds good, it sounds good because, you know, we need to love everybody, but the problem with that kind of love is there's still sin in that love, because the basis of that is you can pretty much do whatever you want as long as you feel good, as long as it makes you feel happy, and we accept everybody for who they are and what they do. Yes, God accepts you for who you are, but God can't tolerate sin, God is without sin. And that's why God's love is more powerful than the world's love. Because His love is without sin. He loves us too much to allow the sin to be in our lives. He loves us so much, He gave His only Son to come to make an opportunity so that we can get rid of that sin in our life. And we need to, we need to be pushing that. It's not love is love, it's God's love. That agape love, it conquers all. Amen. So this means that biblically a faithful church in Russia or China is going to look different to one here in America or Australia, but we're still preaching the same gospel. Where we are should influence the way we have conversations about Jesus, but the conversation should always still be about Jesus. Amen? So relevance or being relevant needs to be our goal, but it doesn't mean that we just go with the flow. So this morning I'm just going to run through, I've got about 10 10 ways that, that we can stay relevant to the world where we are today. So how do we stay relevant? We stay relevant by living truth and speaking truth to power. Amen? Pastor Michael mentioned last week, you know, we need to know our truth. What is your truth? What does truth mean to you? You know, if someone, if you're trying to share the truth of God to someone, and then they ask you, well, what's your truth? What does it mean to you? What would you say to them? You know, if someone says to you, how do you know God is real? You know, I always say, and it's it's a bit of a cheesy example, but it's like you can't see the wind that's out there, right? But you know it's there. I know God's real because he's done stuff for me in my life. And you, you can... You know, I've argued with people. You can argue till you're blue in the face and tell me that God's not real, but it doesn't matter. Nothing you can say is going to change my mind because I've experienced Him in a real way. I've seen things happen. You know, we had we had some. You know, Michael was talking about old school this morning. We had some old school Pentecostal services back in the day. Like, you know, Shelley will tell you we've seen a. I saw a guy's leg that was shorter than the other grow when he was praying for. You know, we we had demons being cast out of person i've seen a big moldy guy massive guy 12 guys just couldn't contain him he was just throwing them back and then he was barking like a dog and this and that and the next minute power of god just hits him and it's just gone so you can't tell me god's not real okay he is real but we need to experience him for ourselves in order to to get other people to see that amen we stay relevant by showing grace and forgiveness we stay relevant by offering love and hope. We don't stay relevant by conforming. We stay relevant by reforming. We stay relevant not by agreeing with wrong ideas and opinions, but by bringing a godly perspective to the situation. This is something, I, and I'll put my hand up. I've been here as well. Too many Christians sometimes need to learn to, just to shut their mouth sometimes. Are you with me? Oh, I'm serious. Because, you know, I've had arguments with people before, and me and Shelly argue, you know, and sometimes, sometimes you just got to give in. Sometimes it's better to lose the argument and win the war, amen, because sometimes it's just empty words. And we can argue with non-Christians, and we can end up putting them off because we can either get upset, we can get angry, and we can start off with a genuine intention, like we're genuinely trying to say the right thing to these people, but... I know with me, I, I, you know, I've got a bit of a sh- short fuse and I won't, if I end up arguing with someone and I'm disagreeing with you, I, I'll normally just walk away now. And it's funny, they're saying that to me at work because I know my, sometimes my patience is not, it's not that good. I'm thinking I'm not going to waste my time on this. You know, there's, there's too many other things I could be doing. So sometimes we just need to learn when to close the mouth, amen. But one thing I will say this, if you pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help you, if you're in a situation, He will always come through for you. Because there's been times when I'm standing, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what am I going to say now? And it's just all me coming out, and then something will just pop in. And I'm like, Lord, you need to help me here, otherwise I'm just going to look like an idiot. And he'll just drop something in there. And then you just, boom, drop the mic, it's all over, amen? So we don't stay relevant by conforming, we stay relevant by reforming. We don't stay relevant by living in a bubble we stay relevant by having unsaved friends going where they go engaging in conversations they have but doing it as Jesus would do what did Jesus do how did he live his life he spent the majority of his time with the unsaved he sat down and ate with sinners so this is this is another area where sometimes Christians can get it wrong so i'm not saying you can go you know go out and party go to your nightclubs and Go in restaurants and get drunk and carry on, but you can go. You can go out for dinner with your friends and that, and not get drunk. You can go and have conversations about stuff that's happening in the world and provide a different perspective. Amen. A godly perspective. A godly view. We stay relevant by going to work and not becoming lazy or being dishonest. You know, Pastor Mario said it a few times. Christians should be the best workers, and I believe that a hundred percent, hundred percent. And I look, I'm not saying i've been the best worker but i've i've worked with you know (laughs) i work in the bank and it's funny because people have this perception that bankers are quite intelligent and know all things about money and that. but i've worked with some absolute potatoes Uh, that's one word i can say (laughs) you just sometimes you i just sit there sometimes and and my team leader look at me and go what what someone said to you and I'm thinking, just where, where do people come up with stuff? You know, and we've we've been trying to get good staff at the moment, and we just can't find anyone decent. And we're, I'm gonna have a bit of a whinge now. <laughs> See, this is the difference between me and Shell. When Shell gets home from work, because she's Nova, 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 hundred percent, twenty four seven, man. <laughs> as soon as I work out the door of the office, man, that's it. I, I'm over. So I not we're not we're not talking about it. But I just think. People are just dumb sometimes. People are just really, really stupid. And I've worked, I've worked with some Christians that are absolutely shocking when it comes. To they're late every day. They just come in and do the bare minimum, you know, just do exactly what's required. And then you've got other people there that are giving it 150 every day. And then one day they'll come in and, and just do what's required. And then you get pulled into the office. Oh, are you right? You know, is everything okay? Oh, yeah, I've only done what's required today. I haven't gone above and beyond, blah, blah, blah. And then I work with this one lady, and then she's telling everyone, "Yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. I go to church on Sunday. I do this to that." And I'm looking, I'm thinking, "Man, shut up! Just shut up! Just, just don't talk. You're not, you're not helping Jesus at the moment. (laughs) You're not giving him a good name." (laughs) But it's true. We all know people like that. But I want to don't be that person. I want to encourage you this morning. Go to university. Go to school. Do your homework. Do your assignments. Turn up on time. Come to church on time. Amen? Come on. We should be leading the way in so many areas of the world. We really should. I, I want to encourage you this morning. We, we can do better. I'm starting to sound like Donald Trump. Make America great again. We can do better. Amen? Amen? We stay relevant by hanging out with the bitter and the unpopular people, but not allowing ourselves to become bitter and unpopular. We stay relevant by hanging out with the popular crowd, but not becoming judgment and resentful. We stay relevant not by being of the world, but being in the world. We stay relevant by engaging the culture we live in, shaping it, letting God's kingdom take it, not running away from it. We stay relevant by not making light of sin, but by bringing sin to light. And I'm going to just leave you with this last thought this morning. The world may not always recognize the light, but the light always stays relevant. Amen.